When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Good evening and welcome to the first ever Arsenal Skype podcast. I am here with Matt Candela. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm, I am wonderful, Pete. Wonderful and just so excited about where the club is headed and so much to talk about. Yeah, okay. So I think there are... Um, I mean, like, interestingly, maybe if we hadn't have had the Granite Jacket thing, it would have been a bit more of a, a succinct... Um, podcast about Unai Emery and like how, how badly things have gone over the last few weeks. But seeing as the Granite Jacker thing has, has come has come out and Arsenal have dealt with it so incredibly badly, why don't we just get stuck in straight away? So Granite Jacker, made captain by um, our fearless leader um, in a democratic vote late September. A uh, few games in, he was taken off um, against Sheffield United after 70 minutes um, then when we were playing against Crystal Palace at the weekend, the manager hooked him off on 60 minutes. Uh, the player slow walked off, was jeered by the fans, and then carnage broke loose. Um, just tell me, Matt, like top line thoughts on what you thought when you saw your captain do that. It's hard, right? Um, because... I don't think anyone wants to see that happen. And in many ways, I really feel like Granit Xhaka has been a scapegoat for a lot of the stuff that's been going on. And that's not to say that he's without blame. It's just to say that he's become a lightning rod for a lot of frustration. And the manager has just been so inept in everything he's done with Granit Xhaka. Um, But I'm sort of torn. Uh, I really am. Because um, I sort of... I know this sounds terrible, but I half want things to implode a little bit just so we can get rid of Emery. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we should... Booing, booing our own players is not going to help the situation. We're in a complete mess now. Yeah, and I don't like to see Arsenal players booed even when they play badly. I remember sitting in and, this... and, and Yeah, and let's just be honest. He... He didn't play terribly yesterday. No, I, I think that he had a six out of ten, and yeah. that, a six out of ten for Granite Jacker is actually you know more like an eight out of ten for most players. Um, but I don't think that the fans were necessarily booing the player. I think that they were that they were booing the situation. Granite, I, gra- I, I agree. I agree. You know that's um, like you you can look at most Arsenal. You can look at a lot of decisions in isolation, um, and, and then. That makes things immediately better. Fans bad, player good. You know, let's sort it out. But I think this Granite Jacker situation has to be looked at across three years. Uh, he came um, with a lot of fanfare. He consistently delivered inconsistent <laughs> performances. Um, he's been one of our most error-prone players. Unai Emery has him as a you know a, a starter in that midfield, sitting at the base. He hasn't done a good job. He made a lot of errors last season. Um, you know, he's he's a uh, He's a disappointing player to look at. And then Emery had a decision to make on the captain's armband. He knew it was going to be a toxic decision. He let it run until September, then leaked to the press that he basically asked the players um, to, to be the, you know, the, the deciding factor with, with, a, with a player vote, which is weak management. But the interesting thing, Matt, is uh, 
the the managers almost immediately got buyer's remorse. I mean, I, I, like taking your captain off on 60 minutes is, uh, you know, what is it? he's a 26, 27-year-old player, very senior. That's a slap on the wrist, right? I mean, Emery must know that doing that in our situation at the moment is going to lead to a reaction from fans already unhappy. What do you think? Is the manager, well, you know, that, should, does the manager have more responsibility to the player in a situation like that? I mean, there's so many different pieces to this story. It's unbelievable and it's really hard to know where to start. But the first thing I'd like to say is I think great managers have always had the ability to shield their players. And it's one of the things that means that great managers create loyalty or they create a siege mentality. And I talk about Arsenal um, George Graham or uh, Arsene Wenger, you talk about Jose Mourinho, you talk about people who in their pomp become a lightning rod for criticism for all of their players. They deflect it. And as much as, you know, Wenger never lost that, even in his later years when he lost a lot of his other attributes. And Mourinho, when he was great, that's what he did. And when he was less great, he wasn't so good at it. And the thing that I've really been shocked at is how Emery has let a player who he needs to rely on become this lightning rod for criticism. And he's just left him there and he's played he's played it so badly. And Granit Xhaka is a decent squad player, in my opinion. He's a decent squad player. He shouldn't be playing every week, but he's not a bad player to have around the place. Yeah, agree. He's not a he's not a bad player to to have around the place. Um, but you know, what would you what would you suggest? You think a player um, like him, ninety grand a week, is he going to sit on the bench? Well, I mean, you have to look at what signings are really thriving in modern day Emery Arsenal. You know, is is he doing any worse than Lucas Torreira? Um, you know, I love Gwendozi, but do we think that in a year's time Gwendozi will continue to kick on? Because I honestly believe that the current system and the current structure that the players are being asked to play in means that no one is being given the kind of conditions they need to develop as footballers in terms of structure, in terms of effective coaching, uh, in terms of systems. So I sort of fear for anyone who's who's coming near the coming near the team, really, where we, we don't seem to be, um, we don't seem to have any clear identity. And I think, <laughs> I don't think many players are going to be really playing the football of their lives over the next, well, while Emery remains in charge. Is it, I, I can't remember whether I ever imagined this conversation or I actually spoke to Rafa Honigstein or maybe I dreamed it. Um, but I, I, I remember a conversation or hearing him speak where he said when um, uh, Jacker was a Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I believe he was playing under Lucien Favre, uh, Lucien Favre would stop training sessions, um, and if you were half a yard out of position, um, he would berate you. And I don't feel that Jacker got that sort of like tactical uh, discipline under Arsene Wenger. You know, I don't, I don't think I know. And like under Emery, it's completely unclear what his position is there. I, I don't think that Emery gets the most out of you know what his attributes are. But ultimately, we've spoken about this before. I don't know whether Granite Jacker um, has the attributes needed to succeed in the Premier League in 2019. I feel like he's a bit of a 2007 player. But maybe, maybe. But I mean, we've got we've got a variety of different systems and personnel that we can play and. There's no doubt to me that um, to be successful, Xhaka needs some type of ball-winning defensive midfield uh, midfielder next to him, like a Torreira. Like, I just can't see how he can operate without that player. Yeah. Because Guendouzi isn't that. And, uh, and I think until that gets rectified, it's like... We've had all these years of just going, why won't, why won't Arsene Wenger just you know, play people where they're supposed to play? And we thought that a new manager would come in, would, be, would enable us to fix those really obvious problems. And now suddenly we've got like Lucas Torreira is going to be a number 10 and, you know, or Joe Willock. And it's, it's just 
the madness continues. It's, yeah, it's completely bizarre. So talking of the manager, um, he came out in a press conference after and he said um, he was of Jacker. He said he was wrong. He was wrong. But I think now we stay calm and also speak with him, speak inside around that. Kind of confusing. Uh, his reaction was wrong. We're here because we have supporters in football. We're the workers inside, um, but we play for them. We need to have respect for them. And when they're applauding and also when they're criticizing us, um, Matt, is is it fair to say that that's a, a pretty standard response and, and accurate? Like, how would you play that differently? It is a standard response, but I think that, and one of this is one of the things that you said from the beginning, which is the importance of language and the importance of nuance. And I think that there was a way of saying that without, and I think he felt like he had to condemn it and support the fans on it. But I think that there is a way there is a middle ground where he can say look guys um there is no one in our team who is more focused on and passionate and committed to arsenal football club there is no one more frustrated when his substitution board comes on at 60 minutes and he should have come off faster but the guy the guy bleeds arsenal and is so desperate to win you guys don't see it i get that but you know, it's a it's a, it's a reaction. He shouldn't have reacted, but it all comes from a good place. Like he could have defended his his guy a little bit more, but right now Emery is he's done. He's toast. It's it, it, there is no way back, and it all comes down to something really really simple, which is no one likes him. Like no one likes the guy. So, um, and 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 at the end of the day, that's a really really important trait for a manager to have. Um, and and when you can't fall back on on some some character or some charisma, then uh, you know it doesn't work. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And I think that there are a, a number of other factors that are worth mentioning. Um, Granite Jacker's blow up is um, I, I feel relates quite closely to a manager that's not in control of what's going on at the club. I mean, you very rarely saw um, a player, I don't think you ever saw a player kick out of the fans in quite that manner. Even, you know, the, the horrendous ab- abuse that fans gave Emmanuel Boué um, way back when against Wigan, um, he didn't react that way. And then you look at what's going on off the pitch. I know it's only basic and I don't want to talk about, you know, who liked whose post on Instagram like we were, uh, you know, school kids. But uh, Alex Lacazette liking a post from... Uh, an Arsenal fan TV personality with his middle finger up saying we need to get rid of Jacker and Emery really does say a lot about, um, you know, how how much respect Emery's got in the training ground um, at the moment. I think the Sun and the Athletic are running with training ground divisions. And I'm, I mentioned this at the start of the season when we signed David Luiz. I felt that he was a bit of a Trojan horse because that, you know, if you, if you want to hire in a player that has a lot of experience at taking down managers, they don't come any better than David Luiz. You know, he's, he's given those young kids the tools to, you know, to, to, to take down Emery. And I'd like, that's a complete um, accusation by me, but um, I, I, I just, you look at the press that's going on around this current situation. It, it doesn't look good for Emery. Um, so, Moving on, um, the the latest story doing the rounds um, this evening is that Unai Emery is going back to the to the democratic process to decide <laughs> to decide whether he strips Jacker of the captaincy. Uh, like, am I? Am I, I, I like, is this is, is this is this a rerun of the office? I mean, like running a running an election for captain in September because you're petrified of what the fans are going to think of like your final decision for captain is embarrassing enough. But going back to the same players a month later and saying, guys, uh, what, what's, what's your take on uh, on Jacker and the captaincy? What do you think? I mean, Matt, how, how, can, how can the output of that straw poll do anything for Emery's reputation in or outside the ground? Like, why, why would he do that? I mean, I really question his emotional intelligence on... Uh, a number of levels and I personally think it's over for him. Um, I think Arsenal fans just, 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 I think, I think most of them want it done. And I know that sounds incredibly crazy and people are going, but you're fifth in the league. And it's, if you're an Arsenal fan, you know, we are not going anywhere. 
We're just not going anywhere at the moment. So even when he is going to make, even if he's, he's going to continue for a bit, they're not going to get rid of him yet. And he's going to make some decisions that are right. And he's going to make some decisions that are wrong. But basically what's going to happen is even the decisions he makes that are right, we're still going to get on his back about. And I think we're just past the point of no return. And when you hear stupid things like that, it just all consolidates uh, the same thought, which is we just want to be clear on what the direction is. And we're not. Uh, And and, and that's the point with someone like a especially like a Lampard, and I know it's been slightly enforced, and, you know, it could all go, come crashing down around uh, Fat Frank's uh, head, but um, the great the great advantage he's got is he's been dealt a hand, and it's just really, really fucking clear. It's, I'm going to play these players who are all not exactly setting the world alight, but having decent seasons in the championship, and we're going to blood our youth, and we're going to see where it gets us. And you just have to get behind that. Whereas, what is our what is our identity? And I think you said it the best. You were like, "Well, do we press? Do we not press? Do we play it out from the back? Do we not play it out from the back? Like, do we play uh, possession football? Do we play counter-attacking football? It's just bizarre. And I, you know, I, I always think back to a couple of moments like. Arsene Wenger used to say, you know, we don't worry about what the opposition do, we just play our game, which was great when you had Henri Burkamp, Vieira, Pirret. Not so great when you had uh, sort of fancy years. Senderos, Giroud, (laughs) Denilson. Yeah. But but there isn't, but all the best managers, um, and I think the, um, there was was an article around the the Ralph Rank, what's his name? Ralph Rank. Yeah. Yeah. But the best teams have a clear identity. And if we thought there was an identity that was coming through, then uh, we would then we would be more behind him. But the passing out from the back is frankly laughable. It, it's, it's, a ta- it's, a, it's a tactical weakness already. It's a tactical it's, weakness it's, already. Every, every, everyone knows it. And it's just like, you've had a chance to bring in players who can play that. And it's just a complete mess. And I can't believe you can't train people better. But, you know, it's things like that that just make you go, if you can't sort that out in a year and a half, well... You're fucking no hope. hopeless. And, and look, yeah. what, I know we spoke at great lengths about Arteta. Pretend Arteta is just any young, innovative coach. If we brought in... No, let's just talk about Arteta. If we brought in Arteta last year, a, a, a young coach... Um, that would have buy-in from fans because he's been the next captain of Arsenal. He's been trained under the Manchester City regime. Um, He would have come in under incredibly low expectations, just like Frank Lampard. The fans would have understood, look, we're building a future around a coach that we think has incredible ideas. And I know uh, David Ornstein said he didn't get the job because he didn't have a ready-made backroom team. Like... That, for me, that was an opportunity. Like, okay, Arteta, we're gonna we're making you king here, and we're gonna hire in um, just like Paris Saint Germain did um, for Thomas Tuchel when they um, hired in Zolt. We're gonna hire in an assistant manager for you and a first team coach, and this is the way that you're gonna play, and we're gonna build a whole infrastructure around making ourselves competitive. And we didn't we didn't do that, and then we opted for Unai Emery. And I don't care what um, I don't care what anybody says about his three Europa leagues. If you do even uh, the lightest amount of due diligence on Emery, what did we buy? We bought a manager that does that didn't speak the language, and I have it on good authority that that was raised by people um, in the club at the time that language was going to be a massive problem. We hired in a manager that didn't know how to work a defence. He made uh, like he averagely conceded fifty goals, uh, um, no sorry, forty nine goals at Sevilla. He took a defence that conceded 19 goals and won the league um, under Laurent Blanc and then conceded 27 in his first season, 29 in his second season. He got fired in his second season. Um, he couldn't deal with egos. Um, he played overly negative football, even with the most expensively assembled squad in the world. And there was no defined style of play. So it's like, what, did, what, like, what were we buying? And then when you look at the list that Ornstein put out today, and I know a lot of people are disappointed with who was on the list. 
Um, you know, I don't think Allegri would have worked very well with the players that we have uh, at the minute. But if if you want to uh, instill an identity um, and like a vision for how the game should be played, Ralph Rangnick really was your man. I mean, like, like bring him in. He'll set the tone for like how we train, like the sort of players that we hire in. Like, there's no, there's no expert in the world that could have taken a, over a club of Arsenal's stature and done a better job, in my opinion. Like, outside of you know, it, like if you were going to go for a, a seasoned pro, if not, go for a, a young manager like Arteta, and then we'd be a year on from where perhaps Chelsea are with Frank Lampard. But we are yeah, where we I are. Mean, I mean, well, I mean, look, a, few, a, a couple of points on that. One is hindsight is a wonderful thing. And but I, I, know you know, I, were, I, I know, was not the hindsight man. I know that you were pro Arteta at the time, but the majority of Arsenal fans weren't. And I think that he would have been, it would have been at the time a massively underwhelming decision. And, you know, this was, <laughs> it's crazy that it was so recent, but this was also a different time. It was like, We've just got rid of Arsene Wenger. We've now got our pick of coaches, and you've just hired someone with never, with absolutely zero first team coaching experience. I think he would have been under a lot of pressure, and that's not to say, with hindsight, it wasn't the best move. But I almost feel like the best thing that could have happened is happening, in the sense of the person who came in after Wenger was always going to be under massive pressure. Emery has come in and completely fucked it frankly, um, uh, after, you know, a relatively promising first four months. You know, he went on that long run. You know, he could have kicked on. If he'd got Champions League last year, we'd, 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 it would be a very different a different feeling around the club already. But, you know, he that collapse, just something happened at the end of the season. And I don't feel like any proper due investigation happened into why that into why that was well david ornstein said today that the club had an like that they considered giving him a new deal i mean that shows you the 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 lack of the lack of expertise at certain levels at arsenal is quite staggering if that was the case yeah i mean we were talking about that at the end of last season going there needs to be a significant post-mortem into what happened because it was a collapse of epic proportions and you're just like, what? What was it? Was it, was it like a player split? Was it uh, the, the manager lost? The, like to lose that focus at the business end of the season? Like, why? How did that happen? Uh, you know, and yeah. um, and we, and we and we still don't really know the answer. But the point I was going to make is, you know, it, if we had a, an effective um, management team, which it, it doesn't look like we do. You know, um, we've we've had the bridge and Emery, and now is the chance. If you went for a young manager with no experience, we would bite your hand off because right now we'd bite your hand off at anyone who's not Emery. Because right now we are all a hundred percent agreed that Emery is not going to be the man to bring Arsenal back to the top of the game. It just isn't going to happen. Well, so just uh, made people feel even more miserable. Like the <laughs> the intel that I've been having. Over the, the the last few months, on um, on on Edu hasn't been overly positive, and I think the the, the only reason you know I don't want to I don't want to piss on anyone's chips. Um, and normally <laughs> normally I keep these things to myself, but um, I haven't I haven't heard good reports. And uh, the the Athletic article from David Ornstein today, where he said Arsenal don't have uh, a contingency plan, is is absolutely <laughs> staggering. And uh, so so a, cu- a couple of things that spring to mind there. It appears Arsenal still don't have a plan. And, um, you know, me and you have spoken about, like, you know, what is a, like, what is a strategy? Arsenal's strategy at the moment is Champions League football, which isn't a strategy. It's a, it's a tactic. So there's no, yeah. there's no broader vision. Um, they're, like, hoping that uh, a manager... Or it's an objective, yeah. Yeah, or it's an objective. They're hoping that Emery can, can, can uh, drag us into, into the next... Um, into next season in the Champions League and then they'll worry about the, the problems then. Like, I don't think that that's visionary and I don't think that's very smart. And Matt, you know what happens when you don't have a, a strategy or a vision or a philosophy? Jose Mourinho. That's what happens. And 
I, my fear is that Emery isn't going to be able to rescue this. I don't think that, you know, I think to the, to your point, he doesn't have any respect. Uh, nobody really likes him. I, I've never seen um, fan sentiment turn so quickly. I mean, like this time last year, you know, everybody was on my back for raising issues about, um, about Emery's track record and, and what we were seeing in the performances, not maybe in the results this season, like a few bad results. And it like, over like a hundred percent unanimous uh, verdict from the fans that he's that he should be gone, and I don't know how long Raul and Edu are going to be able to ignore that. But my big concern is if 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 the only person sniffing around Arsenal at the moment is Jose Mourinho, we're in such big trouble. He's the biggest arsonist in the game. There's no money at the club. He's a he's a dated coach. Um, he's an egotist. Um, and like essentially he's a checkbook manager and that's what happens when you don't have a plan and I don't think the the fans will be clamoring for um, a young coach I think the fans will be clamoring for Jose like people that are massive Wenger fans are all clamoring for him it's absolutely embarrassing yeah I mean well look what's the what's the best outcome on the Emery thing I on a, on a look, I've, I've never wanted to be one of these guys I always want Arsenal to win but the reality is the best outcome is that we lose to Liverpool in the League Cup and there's a change of manager then. Oh, and then we've got and Wolves and Leicester. Because we've just got to stop the rot before the Premier League becomes too... Well, we can still, you know, we can still get in there. So, And, and Matt, the, the, the crazy thing with this Mourinho stuff is on paper it makes absolute sense. Right, he like he's good at getting into the top four. Um, he is the ultimate pragmatist, one of the best in the world still. And he could probably t- he could you know he could probably take this squad um, to to another level because it wouldn't be difficult. I just worry about the long term issues there. But you know what you know what I think uh, M- Mourinho would do to win fans over if he came in. He'd have Urzel in that side immediately playing really well. He would. Wouldn't he? That would be that. That would that would be his first PR move, and Arsenal fans would go, "Wow, he's done what Wenger couldn't do. He's done what Emery couldn't do." And Ozil is an assist machine again, and everyone would everyone would rejoice in the moment. It's like a it's like a it'd be like a, a tax cut for the poor, um, and uh, I. But I just worry. I just worry what would come later because. He doesn't have the capabilities that um, that Klopp has, Pochettino has. I don't even think he's as good a coach as Brendan Rodgers these days. And I, I think that if there's anybody that's going to burn your club to the ground, it's, it's Jose. So I, I think that we have to be very careful. Um, so, but, but it, I mean, Emery is so Emery, life under Emery is so fucking boring that <laughs> there's a part of me that just wants to make watching Arsenal fun again. And yeah. just the, the entertainment value of watching something different from the dross that we've been now served up for 18 months would be anything feels like it would be better. And that that's also that's that's why where we're at is quite a scary place, because, you know, you start saying crazy things like, well, maybe it wouldn't be as that bad if you only gave him till the end of the season. And then we you know could figure out what happened. But the reality is, he'd get us top four. He would, he would do it, and then he'd get given a three-year contract, and then we'd witness the destruction of Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> yeah, at least, we, at least we'd have a good six months. So, um, like, what, so, something else that I think is worth mentioning, and that's kind of got lost a little bit, is there's also a PR mess surrounding um, Meza Özil. Um, like, tell me. Tell me your thoughts on the the Ozil scenario. So we've got uh, another one of our five captains. Seems to be a cursed group of five players at all times. Um, what what do you make of? So I I have it on uh, on good authority that the person the, the black hand behind the Meza Ozil treatment at the moment is is Edu. Um, he's he's telling Emery that he shouldn't be playing him and that he should ostracize him from the squad so that he can get him to go like. As a as a man who works across um, strategy for big businesses all across the world, what do you think of that strategy? And um, what do you think of the the media circus surrounding it? Like, uh, is there any way that Arsenal can win this battle? I just look at it in, in, in a couple of really simple ways. Um, 
the first because when we were uh you get i did an interview uh on your behalf um before we played manchester united away and um and they were asking about Mesut Ozil, and i was like and at the time we were doing pretty well um and it, it just felt like a, a, a sort of really irrelevant question. And the thing about it all is, um, if you're going to make these big, bold calls, you can do whatever you want, but you've got to be winning. Um, so no one cared about Mesut Ozil not playing if we're winning and playing good football every week. The problem, ha- the problem comes about when the goals dry up, the assists dry up, and the form falls apart. And that's when this, this obviously really, really all comes to the fore. And I sort of felt it then and felt it, uh, you know, and it's just like you lose nothing by having him in the match day squad on the bench. You lose nothing. Um, and there is a middle ground in all of this. And you can just keep him on the bench. If you're winning, he doesn't come on. If you're losing and you need a goal, he can come on and, you know, that's even more damaging to him. He keeps coming on and not making a difference. So he comes on and makes a difference, in which case, you know, that's saving his skin in the long term. So I feel like it's a very, very short-sighted move and it's going to come back. And, and at the end of the day, Mesut Ozil, you know, he's not a 350-grand-a-week player, um, but he hasn't really done anything wrong, I, I don't think. And it, it, it comes I down mean, he's, to... He is, he, is, he is who he is. And he, uh, the club were a bunch of idiots and gave him the most unbelievable contract of his life. Why the hell would you leave? And now they're trying to force him out. And it's like... And, and, and they've just made such an almighty mess of it because he has played it so well. He's it's like he, he has been... Um, I, I mean, I, I know he's done some terrible things, but he's... He's been very respectful, what? hasn't what's he? he? What's he done? What's he done that's terrible? So it's not not checking back. I'm thinking more. <laughs> I'm thinking more like you know calling in sick on the regular. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking more of you know some of the atrocities on the pitch. But I, I, I think the uh, like two points that that, that I want to <laughs> talk about on um, on your comment and and uh, I think you've like you've captured the the challenge of Emery um, to a T. If if you are going to make a big statement, you have to deliver the other uh, at the other side. So if you're going to say we don't want one of the most creative players in the world on the pitch, you've got to have a system that creates outside of him. Because you could maybe argue, look, too much of our creativity goes through one player. So we want to we want to distribute creativity across five or six players, uh, and th- and then everybody would applaud it. And I think that that's been Emery's problem the whole time he's been here really like every time he makes a bold statement about anything whether it's tactics whether it's player selection the output on the other end is is woeful we're not going to play Meza Ozil but we're going to put Joe Willock in as a number 10 he doesn't create a single chance against uh, Sheffield United we play pragmatic football but we can't clean sheets and we're not winning games against bad teams he wants to be the protagonist but he doesn't press you know, like um, if, the, if, the, if there's anything you want to say about Jose Mourinho, it's that when he made a statement about dropping a player or selling a player, like he did it with Juan Mata, you know, he was player of the season at Chelsea. He determined that he was too slow to um, to, to be part of his side. So he dropped him, um, he, he jiggers things around and, you know, Chelsea are winning off the back end with the best player sitting on the bench. Marie, uh, uh Unai Emery has not made many good decisions where um, the, you know, the, the output of his decision-making has ended in something positive. And I think, that, I think that that's the difference between great managers and bad managers. So I think he's struggling there. And on the... Um, on, on the... Well, there's one great quote, from, one great quote from, from Sir Alex Ferguson, and he goes, there's no such thing as the wrong decision. You make the decision, and then you make it the right one. And I feel like that's the type of attitude that Emery needs, which is he's made the decision that, that Ozil shouldn't play. Now make it the right one by building an attacking, winning football team that creates chances by the bucket lane. Don't end up looking rudderless. 
I'm, I'm reading um, I'm reading a, a, a Lincoln book at the moment, and they um, they were they're talking about one of the decisions where the uh, they they put I can't remember specifically because I'm 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 tired. It's the end of the day, but basically they suspended habeas corpus and they put they put somebody in prison uh, and, and they shouldn't have. And um, Lincoln eventually released him, and he he released him back into Confederate territory and the 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 process of what he did stopped um stopped the guy they put in prison becoming a martyr and by putting him into enemy territory it kind of humiliated him and he ended up emigrating to um to canada like i feel it's a similar situation with meza erzel don't don't leave him out of the squads because by leaving him out of the squad you're effectively leaving him in 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 prison you're making a martyr of him and like much like a lot of our injured players of yesteryear become uh become twice the player while they're injured i feel like we're all forgetting what meza erzl normally does on the pitch like he goes missing often it's very inconsistent um but but now we're like shit he's leaving peak zinedine zidane um out of the squad if, if emery wants to if emery wants erzl to die then just let him play or kill himself you know, yeah, we've exactly. seen him do it, do it time and time again. It's a bit like this, all this, all the Trump impeachment talk. It's like, don't impeach him. You'll you'll turn him into a a bigger figure, and everyone will, will say he never should have been impeached. Make him but the victim, right? Make, yeah, it's it's let him kill himself with stupid things that he does. You know, it's it's and it's and it's the same here. Like, give him give him twenty minutes at uh, 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 Watford away, and you know. He'll 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 do more damage to his reputation than you can do by not playing him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let let him chase let him chase the game at Crystal Palace. You know, because you know that he's not going to deliver. So no, it's um. But but again, it's uh, like if like two things here. If if that's an Edu strategy, that's an appalling strategy, and that is that that that's not that's not what I was looking for from a technical director. I feel that that's a, a, like a very base premise. Um, to assume, firstly, that a player that said he's not going to go is going to go because you ostracise him. Um, but secondly, if if uh, Unai Emery is so lacking in backbone and spine at the moment, which are essentially the same thing, I don't know why I said that, but if if he's listening to Edu tell him what to do, what sort of a manager is he? Like, you know, I, well, for well, me... Well the, well, the other thing is, why don't, let's just take that narrative further. What about... Emery comes out and goes, Mesut Ozil was played his last game for Arsenal Football Club. He's not in my plans and he'll be training with the reserves from now. I mean, why doesn't he just do that? Then at least it resolves the issue and we can all move on. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. What, like, everybody thought that Mesut was going to go in the summer. Then Emery takes him to America. Ozil gets a bleach blonde haircut, so he's super standout. I thought he, he gets put, the rapper now. Yeah, he gets the rapper now. I thought, I thought he looked... <laughs> I thought he looked pretty good in preseason. He looked like he was interested. At least he was running around. Um, then the season starts. <laughs> Such low expectations. I know it's low expectations, but the season starts, and then he's 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 out straight away. And um, but then Emery inexplicably makes him one of his five captains. Like, I, I, can anybody fathom <laughs> that decision making? I mean, look, when you start talking through what Unai Emery has done for Arsenal, it's absolutely baffling isn't it some of the stuff that's gone on is like is completely beyond the power i don't i i i can't i can't make head nor tail of it and then you look at um you look at what's going on with like like don raul don raul um like he's he's his party trick has been to like sign a couple of big players but like i'm not seeing anything come through on the pitch i'm not hearing any statements of intent about you know how we're going to deal with this like the club is just backing a bad manager because we all know that, like the the Emery wasn't even on the original shortlist. It's just you know, but I, I from what I understand, Emery is a Don Raul um, uh, suggestion. So he's he's backed into a corner uh, a little bit here. But can you believe that? You know, we had those years where Wenger said the captaincy wasn't important, and we were all like, "Well, it sort of is if you're a fan. The captain of Arsenal Football Club is is sort of quite important to us." But to think that we might be on the brink of our manager getting fired because of appalling decision-making around who he gave the captaincy to, because that really is at the nub of it. He basically bought 
these two major issues upon himself with this bizarre system about something that he says doesn't even matter. And I mean, it's it, it's hilarious in a way. He he could have made some. He could have made an easy job of the captaincy, couldn't he? He could have given it to... Uh, we just go, give it to Aubameyang. Give then, it to Aubameyang. Or Bellerin, yeah. And then we move on. And uh, everyone loves it. I, I, Captain, Captain, uh, Captain Oba, all good. I know. I, 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 do you know, I, I wouldn't have been disappointed if he'd given it to David Luiz. Like, no, honestly... like I would, uh, I would have been disappointed. Oh, I don't think. I mean, you know, he hasn't performed um, at all since he's arrived. But at least it would have been a, a leader. At least you know, maybe you could focus him a little bit more. So you are firmly Emery out. Yep, uh, I am both feet firmly in Emery out. I uh, I want the guy gone. And as I tweeted the other day, every day that goes on with him in charge, is one day later that our recovery can begin. So we need, to, we, need to, we need to cut this sickness out of the club and get someone in. And my firm belief, given we have no plans in place, yeah. <laughs> is, is to do the only thing we could do, which is uh, install Freddie to the end of the season. Install Freddie to the season. Bold, bold, bold decision. Um I agree. Based on based on nothing other than he can't do any worse, and it feels like just a bit of common sense could work. And all the players at the club seem to be speaking incredibly highly of him, and uh, he's an invincible. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball right now. I want Unai Emery gone, obviously, as does everybody. I I don't think <laughs> I don't think we could do worse than. Um, than Rafa Benitez. I think the guy can organise a defence. He's not overly offensive to Arsenal fans. He's got an incredible record in the Premier League, got a good grasp of the English language. He went uh, to Chelsea, a team that absolutely hated him, and he won He won the Europa League um, a few years ago. I think he's a, I think he's a good manager, and he's an organiser. I think the only problem with that is that you know we would keep him on. Yeah, he'd get the five-year deal, wouldn't he? Because he would do a good he job. Would. <laughs> he would. Because and then it would just be. This, oh, no. Do you, no. Do you think? Do you think there is any chance that we're going to sign Mourinho? Because we're now friends with all the super agents that Wenger wouldn't touch. He's like nobody goes to Thursday night football unless they've got some sort of emotional attachment to Arsenal and Mourinho sat outside his his executive box. What do you think is going on there? I think it could happen, um, which is worrying because that means that the, the, the people in charge of Arsenal are even stupider than I thought that they were. Because um, like you said, it's a decision that makes a lot of sense at surface level, but at the moment you scratch the surface it's going to end up incredibly badly. And the biggest reason it's going to end incredibly badly is Arsenal fans are desperate for success. And you'd think that they would love the chance of Mourinho being successful. But the reality is, wherever we all got to, is we all love the glory years of Arsene Wenger. And the hatred of Mourinho is part of our DNA as Arsenal fans. And the moment that the mask slips and we lose a couple of games, the knives will be out for Mourinho and it will just be another whole mess. I mean, there's something hilarious about the fact that it took us 20 odd years to get rid of Arsene Wenger, and now, now we're just ready to get, we're ready to go pure Chelsea now, aren't we? We'll, we'll fire anyone after that one defeat. Three defeats. We're just itching to pull the trigger, aren't we? Everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not even. It's not. It's not even split. It's uh, just like get rid of the fucker. There's someone new coming. Ollie's three games. We'll be like get rid of them as well. Uh, this, this goes to be like four managers now between Ollie and the end of the season. Yeah, I, and I, I love, I love Freddie Lundberg. I, I just, I, I'm just worried that he's just a very handsome man. I, but you know, like he's, he's, you know, he's highly thought of um, amongst the young kids. But I just, I just worry that, like, asking him to lift a team as his first, uh, you know, his first go out as a, as a as a manager is is tough. But you know, at least he's got personality. At least he's a personable guy, and at least he has sound communication skills. 
but like to, to your point, you, you hire Mourinho and he gets us into top four, he gets a three-year deal. You hire Rafa Benitez, he gets a three-year deal. Like I, I really feel like we need to be hiring a young, exciting coach. I think Marco Rose, uh, Gladback is a very exciting manager. He's doing great things. Uh, Rafa Honigstein said that he plays the best football in, in the Bundesliga and he's only been there three months. Uh, I, I also think Fonseca um, is doing a good job over at Roma, like very exciting football again. And, you know, I don't think it would be um, outrageous for us to consider somebody like Arteta. I mean, you just got to listen to the way the guy talks about the game. Uh, he's an ex-captain. He never fucked us over as a captain, and I think that that's a really important point. Um, but we'll see where it goes. But my my big fear is that Edu is a Brazilian and he's a pragmatist, and everyone thinks that he likes the beautiful game. But you know, Brazil's national team has not played electric football over the last few years, and I think um, people would be surprised about what Edu's going to do next. But I just hope that we don't bring Jose Mourinho, and I think that would be the biggest disaster. Um, for Arsenal since <laughs> since we gave Wenger a two-year deal after that FA Cup final win. It's a bloody mess, isn't it? It's a complete I mean, mess, my, yeah. The way, I, the way I look at it is that I would genuinely rather not be in the Europa next season than in the Europa. I would rather we... <laughs> I, just, I just hate the Europa League so much. I hate the way it makes all our games on Mondays and Sundays and... I hate the fact that I'm reminded every week that we play shit teams. You know the, hate, uh, isn't it interesting? I'd rather, I'd, so I'd rather bring bring Freddie in on a, you know, he either gets Champions League or or he does equally as good as Emery. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, the my, my my last point before we go, um, I can't stop thinking about what a well-run club Leicester is, and I know that, you know they won the league and you know the the you know. They have had a, a quite a few managerial changes since, but they never play into the "you're just Leicester," like you can't you can't sack um, Pule, you can't sack Renieri. As soon as things are going badly and they don't think that they could be rectified, and you know where a European place is jeopardised or relegation is looking likely, they just make the change. Um, they've got an incredibly balanced squad of players. Brendan Rodgers was a, a superb hire as a manager and they're looking like genuine top four contenders this year. And you just like look at the the serenity around their squad, the stability, they're always bringing in the right players. And then you look at Arsenal and, you, you know, you, we can't even spend 200 million properly. <laughs> it's depressing, mate. It's depressing. It's, I don't really know. Uh, it's depressing, but at, I, least, at least it's not boring. I mean, it is boring. It's not. But it's, it's so you know, boring. <laughs> it's go there completely wrong. It is really boring. Okay, well, um, Matt, uh, thank you for joining us. Prediction for the next um, for the next four games. Do you think we're going to end up ditching a manager? Um, I thought it was going to take longer. We, the Palace game came. That was we were tuning up after ten minutes, and I thought Emery's done his usual, which is not good enough to win anything too good to be fired <laughs> yes. that yeah that, that horrible like well you know like as someone on our chat group said yesterday he's only four points off brief <laughs> you're like uh, I mean that was Alfred everybody knows Alfred like Alfred shame on you my friend <laughs> yeah to say it's progress you idiot uh, we love you but that was insane um, yeah look um the reality, the reality is that we've got Wolves and Leicester next two games, and they should both take points off us. The chances we've got such great forward players, even though we can't play them in any cohesive system that gets the best out of them, is that it's likely that they'll score a couple of goals in the next couple of games. So it just really depends on how those goals come about. But um, yeah, he could be gone, and he could be gone in a week. And I think uh, I think this 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 captaincy thing is really going to burn him. Uh, Unai Emery said in a press conference, um, or like something to do with his book, before he joined Arsenal, he said that um, that Pep Guardiola is the manager. You know, is the guy that runs Manchester City at PSG. That leader is Neymar, and 
which is which is kind of depressing because he was the manager there and he also said <laughs> he said um he said one of his proudest moments at PSG in the season they won the league was he said that we'd lost the game and the players could have ended me but they didn't and you know I think that that says a lot about you know th- their respect for me <laughs> I think that the Arsenal players will end Emery I think that they're just gonna they're gonna they're, they're, like blood is in the water I think they're gonna yeah. s- sniff it out and I think that they're going to finish him. So that's my that's my prediction. And I, I, I think I think it has to be finished before the end of the season. I don't see how it can go on. Um, like especially because, as we know, like I've got intel that Arsenal pulled next season's Champions League money, not Champions League money, next season's Premier League money into last summer. So if uh, if we don't get top four this season, it is going to be a, it's going to be absolute carnage at Arsenal. How quickly? How quickly do you think he'll be gone? I think could they have. A, I think they have to. Gone in a week? I think they have to get rid of him by um, the start of December because once once those December like we've got a terrible December coming up. Like you need to get a manager in that can fix that defense. That's that's going to take six weeks, and then you've got a gun for it. Um, like you almost got to write December off, and then you've got a gun for it in the second half of the year. I don't think Emery is going to be able to get out of this, and I think the players are going to finish him. Uh, like a bold prediction um, because Josh Kroenke doesn't really have a I, I don't think Josh Kroenke is um, up to snuff uh, and I think he's a, a big PR man I don't think he'll want to spend six million on getting rid of the manager but I think it's going to get that bad over the next few weeks that there's a big decision to be made I just hope that that decision isn't Mourinho but I think there's a reason that he's in the stadium and I think that that is a new era Arsenal like in with the super agents let them make the decisions for you because you know we're not good enough to make those it's going to get toxic. It's going to get toxic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, we'll be back uh, next week um, to talk about um, the debacle and see if it's continued. So uh, leave us a five-star rating, subscribe, share it with your mum, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Grand Canyon University, a Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering over 200 engaging programs online. GCU invests in high demand areas such as nursing, teaching, and the sciences. Students engage with faculty who become partners in your success. GCU's online students received over $100 million in scholarships in 2020. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you qualify for. Podcast Network.